Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. I'm really, really um, honoured to have one of my very good friends, uh, Dr. Natasha Andriades, who's um, been able to give her time to us today. Um, she's, if you haven't read her bio, so I've sent it in the email, um, Dr. Tash also is commonly known, is a um, gynecologist and fertility specialist and one of only um, 73 reproductive endocrinologists and infertility subspecialists in Australia. I'm sure she can tell us more about that. Um, Tash, welcome. Hey, Cindy. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Um, you know, I've known Tash for, I don't know, I was trying to figure this out probably about, I don't know, I'd say seven years. We're going back to seven years maybe, if not more. Yeah, that sounds about right. Probably 2012 or 13 we met, I think, maybe 2012. So about seven years. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've always um, been taken back by um, Dr. Tash is her openness to learning, her curiosity about so many things in life. Um, And she really takes, uh, I would say, a wholehearted, very integrative approach, certainly not just within her work, but also to life generally. One of the things I want to share with you is, um, so Tash, um, Dr. Tash has a private practice in um, Newtown, in, um, so running her own clinic. Um, I'm sure that, um, he, you know, she's got her hands in so many different um, other areas where she's consulting. But one of the things that I love that she does is that she runs a monthly Dr. Taj book club. She also runs a, um, you're going to love this. Um, well, she's got a, hang on, before I say my last favorite thing, she's got a Dr. Tash TV on YouTube. So if you want to find out more about some amazing health tips that she shares, I would really recommend that you subscribe to her channel. Um, she's got, I think she's got over 200 videos. If more, definitely more. I was looking at this the other day. Incredible, Tash. And um, the other thing that really excites me that I just love is that she runs the Dr. Tash um, Run Club. So I think, I believe, once a, once a week. Is it once a week or once a month? Well, during the um, during the summer, because I don't tolerate heat very well and it's been running around middays on Wednesdays and because of the fires in here in Sydney and the smoke, yeah. Uh, I'm not running that during the day. Yeah. But that'll be probably more when it cools down um, again in, in winter. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole premise around that was me trying to get people to be active. So I, I would ask people when they wanted to meet with me, say drug reps or, or anyone, uh, instead of coming to my office and just sitting around a table, rather us running around the city mm-hmm. um, and being active. And um, I had a few, few good runs with a few reps, which was great. And a few of the um, Janea employees joined me on some runs. And, yeah, I think it's just a great way to see the city as well, get active. And there are so many people that are running around in the city um, at midday. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when it, when it gets hot in Sydney, as you know, it's not very mm-hmm. pleasant. And now with the fires, 
it has been a bit tricky, but um, I've been doing my own running in the morning when it's not smoky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's last week, last well, not just last week, but last month or so, it, it has been pretty um, pretty smoky out there. But I just love that you've started these amazing initiatives. And what a creative way to to have meetings or to have discussions. I mean, when we move, when energy moves, I mean, so many ideas can open up. So I really love that about you. Um, Tash, tell me, let's start by, um, I want to start this conversation firstly by, Finding out from you, why do you do what you do? Because uh, I was born to do it, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, I've, always wanted to do, I've always wanted to do what I do since I was a little kid, so I think it's my life's purpose. That's why. So since you were a little girl, you knew? Yeah, since I was 11, I knew I wanted to be a doctor to help people. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just feel that that's the reason why I'm here. Mm, that's so women specifically um, and men of course you know creating babies is a part of what I do yeah but I feel that it's my life purpose so I don't question that I never really questioned it mm. yeah. no yeah I, 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 there's definitely that sense of certainty about you in, in what you do alright well look we um, you, you're certainly passionate about your work and very incredibly knowledgeable. Um, what I wanted to talk about and bring focus to today is menopause and hormones. Obviously, hormones tied into everything we do, but really menopause, it's something I have been, it's something I've been thinking about um, myself because I'm 42, looking at, you know, what what is this? Well, firstly, I want to find out more about it. I want to be educated as much as possible certainly read books about it, but who else to speak to about this than, um, than you, Tash? Um, we've got a few women in our group who haven't been able to join today. We've got one participant, Mohana, um, who are at that age as well, you know, thinking about it, um, well, not thinking about it, but possibly going through it, have, or have gone through it, or are maybe in the same boat as myself, um, thinking about it, noticing some changes, um, I don't know where the best place to start with that is, but I guess from your own work, um, what would you say, you know, what, how is it, how, what, which way can we start this discussion given the changes that happen and what do you want women to know when it comes to menopause or perimenopause? Well, I think all women from an early age, so as soon as girls get their periods, they should start, um, with, you know, menstrual cycle education and, and knowing about the menstrual cycle in detail and knowing how it affects them. So uh, I don't think it should start when we're perimenopausal. It should start when we start our first period. So mm. any any person with a daughter needs to know this. Um, I don't have daughters. I have two nieces. And I make sure that I put my five cents in when it comes to educating them about their menstrual health. Um, because that's when we need to start learning. You know, it's, it's part of self-care. It's the ultimate form of self-care. Um, because what I find is a lot of women go throughout their lives not even knowing what's going on with their menstrual cycles, and then they get to the perimenopause, which usually starts in your 40s, and then they don't know what, what the hell's going on, and then they kind of start getting desperate, um, and then start educating themselves. And I just feel that they've missed out on at least 20, 25 years of knowing themselves um, at a level that is not just very superficial. So I actually think it needs to start really, really early. 
So I would say to people, if you have daughters, it's your responsibility to make sure you start having that conversation with them early so that when they get to their 40s, they're kind of empowered, you know, it's kind of voluntary um, philosophy to be empowered to to know what to do when the changes start uh, mm. and to have the knowledge to help themselves and their friends and, and you know, their girlfriends, whoever. So yeah. I would say it should start from early on. Okay, so I've got, as you know, I've got a nine-and-a-half-year-old and something tells me she may be, she may have her first, you know, she she might start menstruating, I'd say, around 11 or so. You know, that's just my guess, given how she's developing at the moment. I could be totally wrong. What kind of conversation? I mean, we do talk about it quite openly in our household, but I don't know if I'm talking about the right things. So what do you suggest when it comes to that? Well, I think it's trusting yourself. So by you saying that, it's almost like you're not sure, whereas I'm pretty sure that mothers are usually intuitive and know how they need to speak with their daughters. Uh, so one, kind of being aware of that. And then secondly, yeah, looking at resources. I mean, there are so many great books out there um, uh, that talks about the menstrual cycle and body changes. And I really think it's as, it's as simple as having that book uh, giving that book to that child or reading that book with your child and, and just slowly starting the conversation, you know, and, and, um, and letting them feel comfortable to ask questions is really important. Uh, but also to try and get in, into their heads because, um, a lot of the time, you know, they're, they're not able to express themselves in a very clear way and it's up to us to try and interpret what they're, what they mean. But I, I really think it's just having confidence in yourself as a mother to know that you're doing the right thing. So, Susie, you're probably doing the right thing, I would say. Mm, but um, mm, mm. Have, have, you, have you got any books for her to read? Yeah, so one of the books that we got was Kaz Cook's book. Um, I think it's yeah. stage 8 to 12, which is really where she's at. So that she's devoured that book. I mean, she's a reader, so she's absorbed that. Um, I mean, we have well, that. Probably... Ten steps ahead of so many other girls then. Yeah, right, okay, yeah. So, okay, but what you're saying is have those conversations early, early, and, and something tells me that, I don't know, but these girls now seems to be so much more mature-wise that they're also seeking this information. But what about women who, you know, grew up around the time? Well, that's, I, I know certainly for me it's not, I didn't have these conversations. It kind of happened and, you know, mum was very practical about it. Um, but how do we empower ourselves if we didn't have that open, um, if we didn't have those open conversations early on when we were teenagers or pre-teenagers like my daughter, how can we empower ourselves now if we start to experience changes? And, and also, Tash, what might be some of those changes that might be clues to, you know, to um, menopause or early menopause, pre-menopause? It all comes down to education and um, being curious and uh, and open. So it's a matter of, you know, joining a book club. So my Dr. Tash book club, we've had a, a few um, books on perimenopause and menopause. Mm. And uh, we had a really good um, book club where um, Dr. Gates, uh, he's written a book about the perimenopause cause turned up and we all had a discussion about her book. So it's about being open and curious. They're the two things. And they're pretty simple things, but I think a lot of 
women are also a bit disconnected and I find that, um, you know, a lot of women, they're so caught up in, especially mothers who've got kids, they're so caught up in their kids that a lot of the time they don't have enough time to invest in themselves. I find that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like websites like the Australian Menopause Society website. That's a great website for general information. Mm-hmm. So I'll, that's the only website I recommend my patients go to to learn about the menopause, the perimenopause, and options for treatment. In terms of symptomatology and what women feel, um, that's that's a massive topic. That one, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, where do I start with that? I mean, it could be um, you know irregular cycles. That's what usually happens. Women start getting irregular periods. Their periods change. Uh, they get lighter periods, heavy periods, more painful periods. They notice that if they've noticed. Their cervical mucus changes, their um, libido drops, um, weight gain is a big symptom of the perimenopause and the menopause, and um, yeah, they're just you know a very short list of the potential uh, symptoms that women may experience. Mm-hmm. Others just you know sense the dry vagina. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's really variable. So I think just talking about it with your girlfriends and your friends, mm. you know, and, and I, we just run clubs that I'm, I started and, and when I do running with my mates, I, I always ask them, where are you in the menstrual cycle? And do you know how this affects your cycle, you know, you, you in your running and vice versa? And um, I think it's having the conversation. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. Was that. I, I agree with you, Tash, and that and conversation creates awareness, I believe, within each one of us to then be more aware of our body, to become more in tune and to understand our bodies. I mean, it's interesting that you say that, you know, talking to your girlfriends, last night I caught up with some of my um, uh, girlfriends from um, mother's groups, so from 2010, and, you know, we're each going through different changes. We're all about the same age. Um, a lot of a lot of women talk about moodiness, noticing moodiness in the way that they haven't before. Um, I went through mm. that a little bit. Um, I, I'd say I'm, I'm probably the, the calmest that I've been, particularly with my kids. So I'm curious about that. Is that something that's common and what, what might that be a sign of? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tracking your cycle. So if, if you're moody, when, where are you moody in your menstrual cycle? Do you know? Well, I would definitely be moody pre, pre-cycle. pre So pre, you know, menstruate, that one week before. Yeah. So that's, that's normal. That's actually very common. Um, <laughs> and, you know, whether you want to lump that under PMS or not, different story. But I would say, yeah, it's physiological. A lot of it's got to do with the fact that your estradiol levels have dropped and estradiol is linked with serotonin, dopamine, um, the feel-good neurotransmitters. So there's actually a biological reason why women's moods do do that. And I would say accept that mm. as part of accepting that this is how I feel, this is how I usually feel in the time of my cycle. So I might not schedule uh, 50 million things to do in that week. Yeah. Uh, whereas when your estradiol levels are highest in the first half of the cycle, your dopamine, your serotonin are higher, so you feel good, you feel better about things. Yeah. You get more done in that time, you know, and around ovulation, your testosterone levels go up, you're more determined, uh, you're more energetic. That's the time to kind of schedule more things in. But I don't think looking at that period of low mood as being such a bad thing. It's a bit like the seasons, you know, accepting that, 
uh, you know, summer is summer and it comes with with what it comes with and then there's winter is winter. And um, there is a, I, have to, I think I'd have to get the, re, the resource for you, but I was reading of um, an education tool that talked about the menstrual cycle in terms of the, the um, seasons. Mm. So winter is when you've got your period, then there is um, the spring after that time when you've had your period and then around ovulation is summer and then going into your um, the week or two weeks before your menstrual period start again, uh, the autumn. And if you think about it in that, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So what's not normal though is, um, you know, when you're so low and moody, you become suicidal and you really want to hurt other people because that does happen. Yeah. And that, that needs attention, that needs attention, that needs usually professional attention. Um, mm-hmm. but just having kind of being a bit down in the dumps for a day before your period, that's so normal. And I would just say to women, you know, Stay at home with a good book and a cup of tea. You don't have to be pretend to be happy or expect to be happy the whole month. Mm. And I think, like hearing you say that, obviously this is something that I work with women on in putting that self care in place and and starting to really empower women through self care. That this is an essential time and not to make it wrong, not to make it. I mean, it's become so stereotyped, hasn't it? That 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 time before before we we um we menstruate. I mean last night one of the women was saying that her husband says, Oh, I think you've got that thing, you know, that thing, like to not even be able to name it. I mean, it's interesting culturally how um that been yeah. um yeah, become negatively, I guess, um there's negative connotation with that. So having open conversations, um you know, I'm really with you on that because, as you said, you know, you, you mentioned two key things, awareness, awareness happens through conversation, open discussion, but also acceptance that this is, there's so much in, like, I know that, uh, Tash, I don't know your approach to this, but, you know, when you talk about seasons, I really embrace that. Um, there's a really great book that I read um, called The Wild Power. I think it's Wild Power, um, Wild Power. Yeah, which is all about seasons. You know, I love it. It was a game changer for me in terms of really surrendering to that. But what I was going to say is I find that just that week before I start to menstruate, I all of the issues emotionally come up for me that I need to, I, I know that I need to deal with. And if I continue to suppress them or just think about them as I'm just being emotional, well, then I'm just sweeping stuff under the carpet. Um, so I'm curious yeah. on your thoughts on that. I know that you would probably be embracing the same, but just a little bit more on that from your view. Yeah, I mean, um, The Wild Power sounds like an amazing book. I've only just ordered that book, actually. Mm-hmm. So I'd be very curious to, to read um, more on that. Um, my take on things. Oh. Um. I suppose, oh, I don't know, just just being open and, and also as a woman, I think it's my role, educate, right? So if, if your friend whose husband just missed her or couldn't even name it, whatever that was, she should pull him up and say, hey, this is what that is called. But she can't say that if she doesn't know what's going on in herself. Mm. So it has to actually start in with us, with the women. Women need to change things. And if they were prepared to do that, which they are, I hope, 
amazing things can happen, but it needs to start with the woman mm. and pulling people up on that. You know, if someone makes this comment about, oh, she's, she's, um, oh, she's got a PMS or she's, you know, she's going to get a rag or some off kind yeah. of hand comment. Yeah. You know what? Pull them up on it. Don't, don't let them get away with it. Educate them. Use it as an opportunity to educate them. But of course, if women don't know what's going on with their cycle, how the hell are they going to be able to do that? They can't. Yeah. So it needs to start with the woman, the individual. And, um, mm. yeah, I think that especially us, you know, who are working in, with women, um, it is important for us to read the books like Wild Power, you mentioned, to be able to share that with women. So, I mean, I think that's great that you do do that. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, it comes up often as part of how a woman is feeling and what's going on at that particular time and really, like you said, respecting that that phase because that's something that I've started, you know, I've, I had to do my own life. I'm not going to say started because this journey, like I read The Wild Power, I don't know if it was last year, I can't remember now, but it was it was a game changer in the way of really just trusting what I felt innately I needed to do, which is, like you said, you know, clear the schedule, stay at home um, and not feel guilty about that. Um, just really give my body the, the time to rest, recuperate and do, and lay low um, because I was, you know, I was hypersensitive around that time. Not every cycle but some cycles. So when, and, and I'm, I'm sure that's the case for most women, not every cycle is, um, um, is the same. There's a different quality perhaps to different cycles. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that that will happen for women as well. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, um, it's interesting that we had this conversation last night, last night in lieu of our um, conversation today. So um, is it common and why is it the case that uh, women can also bleed profusely? So during their menstruating um, period that they can bleed and then um, what often ends up happening is that their iron runs pretty low. Why does the profuse bleeding happen? Um, it could be because they've got some pathology like fibroids, uh, endometriosis, mm -hmm. uh, polyps. There could be an anatomical reason. It could be hormonal. Uh, they could be, uh, have, they could have a bad diet. Um, I know dairy definitely causes women to have heavier periods. Um, cow's dairy, that is. Um, yes, yeah, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're usually hormonal or anatomical or both. It can be both as well. So you can pretty much sort that out. You can figure it out after you've, um, you've seen a patient and discussed things with them. So it's usually very fixable. Mm, mm, yeah, she's, um, so my girlfriend's actually scheduled in for, um, surgery to have, to have all of that examined. I'm sure there's a particular name for it. I don't know what it is, but, you know, looking at if there's mm. polyps and all that. And is that a meiosis? There's all these other conditions yeah. that, you yeah. know, your doctor, her doctor, I assume, would have looked at. Uh, yeah. some people have clotting disorders, uh, mm. that cause them to bleed heavily. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite, a, quite a lot of, of things to be assessed. So I, I say to women, don't put up with it. So if you've got really heavy periods that are affecting the quality of your life, you don't need to put up with it because mm. most of the time we can help you fix it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's reassuring to know as well. Um, 
rather than suffering from um, from it. Um, okay, so uh, Tash, I wanted to ask you in terms of uh, dietary changes. Obviously, depends from individual to individual. But are there any particular uh, things that you would recommend um, we look at increasing, uh, particularly around you know from ages forty onwards? Um, I know that a holistic diet, holistic approach is probably what you would recommend, but in terms of supplements, um, what's, what's a big one in your books? Uh, my most commonly prescribed supplement is magnesium. Mm-hmm. Um, usually for sleep. A lot of women in their 40s get anxious, good for anxiety. Um, uh, I'd say to women, you know, just watch how much protein you have. Make sure you get enough protein in your diet, especially in the second half of the cycle. Um, you know, women in their forties should be lifting weights and working on building muscle, because uh, that's when, you know, building up to the average age of fifty-one, you'll go through the menopause, and then your bone mass will decline. Uh, you're more likely to develop osteoporosis. Etc. But if you build muscle by doing muscle and bone by doing strength and resistance training, you're going to set yourself up better for that, that menopausal stage. So for me, it's protein in the form of food. Ideally, protein powders. I'm not a massive fan, but they do play a role. Um, mm-hmm. If you can get something in your food, the same as magnesium. But um, magnesium is my number one supplement. I'd say. Um, yeah. Well, what kind of protein did you say? Protein, just general protein in food. Oh, okay, yeah, not specific. You were saying yeah, you're, not uh, keen on the protein, you're not keen on the protein powder. Uh, for some people it's necessary, um, but no, my, my first recommendation is to always eat it in your food as, a, as, a, as part of your meal mm-hmm. um, over any, any supplement. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Well, I just wanted to see if there was, um, I know we're, we're kind of half an hour into it, Tash, but I wanted to see if there's any kind of last tips or things that you wanted to, um, that you wanted to leave us with. Um, be curious, ask lots of questions and be open, uh, to other people's advice, but also feel free to give advice as well. I would say, you know, join a join a book club. You should start your own book club, Susie. I love that. Yeah, you've been telling me that. Book clubs are an amazing forum for women, um, and uh, they're they're great. I I I'd encourage people to start their own book clubs actually, and um, pick a book once a month. Invite your girlfriends over to your house. Different girlfriends have, you know, um, different roles to play perhaps in that book club, and host it once a month. Mm. You can invite your husband, partners, whatever. They can listen in on the conversation. I mean, as part of my book club, there are a couple of couples that come. So two guys come along every month with their partners, and they are the most beautiful boys. They're in their 20s, and uh, they are so progressive and uh, very inspiring. And, um, yeah, I would say get social with it, you know. Mm. That's what I would say. I love it. Uh, it is inspiring. Um, I might first come to your book club before I start my own. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just going to check in with... Uh, sorry, what was that, Tash? 
you're more than welcome to come. Thank you. Um, yeah, for anyone who's keen to join, I guess this is open to anyone who's really keen and interested. Just go over to Dr. Tasha's website. If you actually, I'll put the information in email. But um, if you are looking at the website, it's drandreadis.com.au. That's D R A N D R E A D I S dot com dot au. Um, Dr. Tasha, I'm just going to open the line to. We've got um, one of our um, participants with us, Mahana, and see if there's any questions or insights. Um, Mahana, did you have anything that you wanted to ask, Dr. Tash, any questions or comments? Mm, uh, no, I, I do agree, though, with what you're saying in the sense of it's amazing how far along sort of we all get before we actually kind of get curious or find anything out about our cycles, you know. Um, I think now I, I try and use an app to just, like, be more aware because each day it kind of asks me what's going on and it's the first time I think you know I'm 34 and it's the first time in my life I've ever regularly actually thought about how I'm feeling and what's going on each day and I think in that sense it can be a really good um sort of like vehicle to make you actually stop and think whereas you know if I was going to write it in my diary I might be like you know first day last day but I won't actually be like oh actually today this is happening with my body or anything like that so yeah I find that's been really helpful for me mm. that's great what app do you use can i ask uh flow flow yeah that's a popular one i use Clue yeah app. i use a bit one i like to kind of mix up the apps a little bit use different ones yeah the time. but um yeah i mean i think that's the that's the, that's the most basic thing a woman should be doing so i think it's great you're doing that great thank you yeah, th thanks, um, thanks, Mohan. I'm just seeing what what app have I got? Let me see. It's the pink one. Uh, Life. I've got Life. Oh, okay, okay. You've got Flow. What are you using, uh, Tash? I use Clue. I use the Fitbit one for a while. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I might put those, um, I might put a few resources in the emails. Um, Tash, thank you so much. Um, like I said, Tash is, has got so many avenues of, for, um, finding out more. So in terms of information, because, you know, she's all about encouraging you to be curious and open minded. And really that's, that's how we grow. That's how we learn more. Um, so if you check out her website, which I will um, send the e in the email, um, you can really find out how to, well, you can find out more information and um, also find out more about the um, book club and also the, if you're interested in the run club, you know, look at that when, when it's back on. Uh, Tash, thank you for your time. You are um, always inspiring with what you're doing and love your passion, love your purpose. As you know, hope to catch you for a coffee soon again. <laughs> uh, Mahana, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, look forward to yeah, seeing you soon. See ya. Great All right. You. you too. Okay. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations.